capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Are you ready? For a feel-good Thursday edition of the Sports Hub. <laughs> you thought I was going to say, are you ready for some football? Which I'm also thinking, because I am ready for some football tonight. Well, that is an ESPN uh, franchise. Are you ready for some football? Yes, now it is an ESPN franchise. Well, that's okay, because we're ESPN that's Radio, right. so we can do that. But I am ready for some football tonight, because I am it's too. my Eagles. Although, can I say this to start the show? Welcome to Sports Huddle. Bob Black with you here. Sean Robertson from Channel 6, CBS 6, alongside. We are in studio today. Lewis is producing today. AJ's got a couple of days off here to get to the end of the week. I don't think I'm a big fan of Thursday night football. I mean, I I love the fact that I'm sitting on my couch watching it tonight. I get that. And it's my team, so that a little bit more to it. I'll actually be sitting at my table doing my prep work. There you go. For Richmond, Delaware there State. There you go. Which is a great multitasking thing to do, by I've the way. I've done that a few times. Yeah, it works great, oh, actually. Yeah. You watch the game, you do your work, <laughs> watch the game, do your work. Next thing you know, your work's over. Are you watching the opponent on the, your computer while you are having the NFL See? game and then you got your, your, your boards in front you of you? I, I, hey, I got it. I you got, got it. I got it set up. I got it. I'm just not a fan of the Thursday night game, primarily because of what I do think it could do to the players. I thought about this Sunday when the Eagles game was over at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Tough, physical game. The they rain. got worn down yep. in the rain. Yep. And I'm thinking, wow, they're going to turn around and play Thursday. I mean, you got to give them a day off in there somewhere. So that's probably Monday. Monday. Yeah, you got two days, Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. And you can't do any kind of hitting. You can hardly do two-hand touch probably more at that so, point because those bodies take time yeah, to recover from More so a walkthrough. I mean, they barely hit in practice anyway. Right. Uh, so, you know, some light one-on-one drills and maybe you have one good practice that would be, I guess, Wednesday, maybe. Maybe. A lot of walkthroughs. Well, Wednesday would be, yeah. I, well, if they're, yeah, because if you're the visiting team, Wednesday is, is travel. your travel day. Yeah. So you re- I'm trying to remember, Minnesota was home. Yep. So they're trapped. Yes, I mean. I know. Minnesota I would just... have, yeah. You Basically, you got one day. And then you do your walkthrough either before you fly out to Philly or when they get to Philly. It's now. Would you do you like the Thursday night game for college football? Um, a little more, I guess. I guess I'm just a traditionalist guy, and give me college on Saturday and the NFL on Sunday and Monday night, and and I'd be good with it. But yeah, I guess the Thursday night college game isn't quite as bad. You got an extra day in there, yeah. obviously, because they they would play on on Saturday. So. I, I, and again, from a fan entertainment standpoint, I think it's great tonight, right. right? Like we both said, we'll either be sitting on the couch or we'll be able to do some work and multitask and get it all done. And fans are going to have a great time. They're tailgating all day out there in Philly. Uh, you know, for the I, I get all of that. I just do worry about the the sake of the players here. And I know you get it back on the back end, but yeah. it might be too late to get it back on the back end I, by then. I will be curious as to the teams that play those Thursday night games, what is their record the first game after that? Like, you know, I mean, I'm not counting the th- I'm not counting Thanksgiving because that's a yearly thing. Yeah. Dallas and Detroit that's always happened. They get the 10 days off. Um, well, nine is some change, but you don't play for 10 days, but I'll be curious to see what those records are for those Thursday night games for those two teams the next game after. 
you it's know, probably especially, not terrible. Yeah. I mean, I do think that is an advantage to get that extra couple of days, half a buy, basically. Yeah. I worry more just – and look, this is not a new phenomenon. We've been playing Thursday night games for a while yeah. now, and it's working, I guess. I don't know. But I just think if I was the NFLPA and, and you know, I'd be a little concerned. I can't imagine teams do this more than once a year. I don't think you could ask the team to play more than one yeah, Thursday night the, the NFL, off of a Sunday. Now, the right. best thing will be later in the year when some teams get buys – then you come back on Thursday, Thursday, which means you've got that long stretch before the game, and then you got the stretch right. after the game. Let's see if you're that team. That's huge. That's huge. At I agree. That point, and I would say at that point, yes, put me into yes, that. Exactly. Give me the bye before I play your Thursday night, and then I get those nine or yes, ten days. Absolutely. After that. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's something that can be put in the NFLPA, but I think in the agreement, each team, every team, has to play. A Thursday night ah. game. I think that's the rule because I think uh, last year Washington did a Thursday night game. Are there game. that many Thursday night slots that every team could play once? Was it 12? Uh, I guess there are enough weeks to do it. I think so. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Because I didn't think they did every week on Thursday. Well, I mean, but you I guess the, they do. They started the, last the Thursday week. Thursday night yeah. game on NBC, yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, okay. And I think Washington's primetime game this year is it's a Thursday Thanksgiving, night. isn't it? Aren't they well, playing Dallas? Well, they don't. On Thanksgiving this Yeah, year? but I was kind of like the 8 o'clock game. Like the oh. Thursday night Amazon would be, I think their only quote-unquote primetime game is uh, is the Thursday night game. I think they go to Chicago again, if I if, oh. I, if I stand corrected. And then obviously the the late afternoon window on CBS is uh, the Thursday night Thursday Thanksgiving game again. I, I was stunned when I saw that. I, I had to double-check. I'm like, is that for real? We got, we got the Cowboys and Commanders on Thanksgiving on CBS? I'm like, all we need is Pat and John. In the booth, and we taking it back to the old uh, to the old days yes, it is. of the NFC on uh, on CBS. That would be that'd be kind of cool to see that. Yeah, again. it would. Uh, that was contractual obligations for you to slide in the CBS. <laughs> well done. I heard you. Yes. Well played. Um, the Eagles have three players out from Sunday to Thursday. Kenneth Gainwell will not play tonight, so that running back stable is down to three. Well, you hope Swift Which is... means DeAndre Swift could get more carries for a lot of reasons. Let's hope. Let's on hope. Many, <laughs> on many levels. Uh, James Bradbury, the cornerback, is out, and Reed Blankenship, the safety, is out. So mm. Kirk Cousins might be licking his chops a little bit here with, secondary with two guys in the secondary out. Fletcher Cox is listed as questionable. He had a rib injury. So Ooh. the Eagles are, are down, you know, a little bit. Boston Scott, Rashad Penny, and DeAndre yes. Swift will be the running backs. Interesting, because now you got who who is – I mean, Slay will probably check Jefferson man-to-man, mm-hmm. man, so mm-hmm. that means the opposite receiver, um, you know, might get some might get some, some looks. And yep. Because this has had his fair share of decent games against the Eagles over his career. Just, yep. uh but it's a prime time setup, and normally he, Not, I think his record. What I think I saw on it was X, his Mon- Monday night record was like awful. Yeah, right. But then like prime time games, Monday, Thursday, Sunday is like eleven and seventeen yeah. all time. Not bad, but yeah, before the Monday, Monday record night, was it was horrible, horrible in right. Washington, like yep. one in eight or one in nine or something like that. But it's gotten a little bit better. Yeah, it's gotten a little bit better. All right, so there's NFL football tonight, Minnesota and Philadelphia, a little after eight o'clock on Prime. And I think I I did confirm I get prime. You do have that, yes. Uh, you know, another package showed up, so I asked the guy. <laughs> I'm like, hey, do I get Prime TV too? And he said, yes, He's sir. Like, yeah, sure, sir. Yes, you do. Sign here. So, good to go. <laughs> I'm good to go. Good to go. <laughs> I'm good to go. Watch the game. Today. Sometimes getting those packages actually helps out. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. They're not often for me, but 
But in that instance, it was. It it was, correct. (laughs) All right. All right. What else you got there, Shawnee? I don't know where else I was heading to lead the show. Well, you mentioned, I mean, I I know where we're going, but. I know for the uh, for the Thursday night games and I'm for us as fans. I mean that sets you up for a huge. You know you you got five days of football action. You got Thursday NFL, Friday high school, some college, Saturday huge college day, mm-hmm. Sunday big NFL day. Then you got the Monday night game, and this coming up Monday we've got a staggered doubleheader. Oh, there are two games. Yeah, That's right. one on ESPN and yeah. then one on ABC. I think the Steelers and Browns are the ABC game, and I forget, I guess uh, the Saints play on Monday night on ESPN, so that's David Carr's first primetime game with the Saints. I think it's Carolina. i got to double-check that again. Um, but you may have that up. But um, I don't, actually. I went to the college oh, schedule, okay. to be honest with you. But, yeah, it's a staggered doubleheader, so you get two games on Monday night, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock and 8.15, so that's perfect. And to complete your five days of football on Friday night, we do have one of our local teams playing, because Virginia's playing Friday Ooh. at Maryland. Mm. The old could, ACC rivalry could goes be to the three. Man, I, I felt bad. I felt bad for them. You know, so much emotion was in that game Saturday. Um, great turnout. Uh, great ceremony at the beginning. And, you know, again, James Madison and, and A.D. Bourne class uh, to do that. Um, things were rolling. You know, Hollins with the two touchdowns. Um, Calandria. Playing all world, almost 400 yards passing in the game. Then they get the weather delay of almost an hour, and whatever happened, Coach Signetti <laughs> did something, and James Madison came out like world beaters and stunned. I mean, even though they were the favorite, but still, for them to to go into that type of environment and win by one or ten or however many points to go there, go to two and zero, stun that crowd, and now you got UVA reeling because of so much emotion. Now you turn around on a short week. And you got to go to Maryland on Friday night. Who's waiting, chopping at the bit? So we got, you know, they're struggling. We could just, you know, put them in their misery. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Tonga Tonga Valoa, the 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 younger brother of Tua, mm-hmm. playing pretty well for Maryland. Dangerous spot right there for UVA because the wheels could come off, Bob, if if they fall to zero and three with NC State next Friday at home. Brennan Armstrong comes to Scott Stadium. Coach and I comes to Scott Stadium. They've had that game circled on their calendar since the offseason. So this is a dangerous spot for UVA this uh, on tomorrow night. So I don't know why this just came to me. Didn't you have one of these moments a couple weeks ago? We were talking about something, this epiphany, epiphany, and you said something. I don't even remember what the topic was. But this one just came to me. They're going to get beat Friday. Mm-hmm. Badly, actually, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. They're going to beat NC State at home. If they got a sh- I mean, this would be the perfect shot. I don't Let's- know why I just said that. And Matt Joseph, who's our resident, you know, mm-hmm. line expert, mm-hmm. probably rolling over somewhere right now, taking a nap. I don't know. So I'll take the. I'll take no the, way. No. But I, I think Maryland wins fairly handily. Yeah. And then I think Virginia comes back at home against against Brandon Armstrong and a nigh, and, and I think come they win off that the ropes game. and 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 get them. Come off the ropes there and get them. I mean, what do I know? Who? I mean, it could be. It's there. I mean, they could shock us and say, you know, and they take down Maryland. You know, possibly. But that that's that's there's a lot of emotion and, and and the two parties won't probably say it publicly, other than Brennan saying, "Hey, I, you know, I, I would be lying if I said I ain't got that circle." Other than that, but there's there's some, he did he said it to Matt at ACC oh, media. He did. Okay. I'm sure to other media and, members, yeah, he but said he it on a Zoom call. Definitely yeah. said it to Matt. Yeah, he said it on a Zoom call. I do remember that. I did not hear the 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 comment with Matt, but I mean, 
you would be a fool not to think that Brennan has that circle. Look, you know, I had this great season before you came, struggled for whatever reason. It just didn't work. I go now to, you know, a, a divisional foe in the conference, and our first game is back in my place. Um, you know, the, the the guys that you they want to prove to Brennan, like, hey, you picked the wrong school. You shouldn't have left. You could have been with us through everything that we've gone through. While Brennan is probably saying, hey, I needed to do something for my brand to better my chances of being drafted. Uh, there's going to be some emotion there. Maybe not as as much as last Saturday, but you, there might be some very some tension in that game. Is like I want to prove the other person wrong. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But like you said, if they fall to zero and three, and then you know have a subpar performance against Brennan that Friday, you know you could be looking at. I think we talked about maybe a one or two win season uh, in Charlottesville, two and ten, one and eleven. It could get ugly in Charlottesville if that happens. I laugh and smile, which you could see here in the studio when you said that, because Matt made a really bold, brash statement. He had Kurt Signetti on today, and in fact, he asked Signetti about the delay, Yeah, and Signetti said, absolutely, it helped us. No question. Absolutely, it helped us more than it helped them. We were able to go in the locker room. We were able to hit pause. We were able to tell them where we were, what we had to do. We needed two drives to win the game. Mm -hmm and make a couple of adjustments. And then he said, we come out and all the JMU fans have stayed, whereas the UVA fans didn't necessarily stay. And he said, the way they welcomed us back on the field, you bet that helped us. You know, so that it definitely helped. But, but Matt, Matt's talking about uh, JMU playing Troy this week, mm-hmm. which is no easy task. Oh, at NFL Troy, Network. NFL Network, defending champs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of that. And, and Matt goes... Well, the flagship program takes care of its business. Ooh. You know, we've had that whole hullabaloo about the flagship program. Right now, it sure isn't Virginia. I don't think it's Virginia Tech. I think JMU needs to take care of business this weekend to be the flagship program. That'll be huge for them to make make a statement in the Sun Belt. Let's beat the champs on their field, on their turf. That'll be huge for Signetti and the Dukes if they can get that done. Coming up on today's Sports Huddle. Here's what's coming up on today's Sports Huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. Your help is needed for the Red Cross to continue to be on call for local or national emergencies. To learn how you can volunteer or donate blood, visit redcross.org. Uh, coming up here in the first hour, in the 4 o'clock hour today of the Feel Good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle. Zach Joachim will join us from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, richmond.com. At the bottom of the hour, I assume this is on the heels of our great conversation last week that we're bringing him back to talk some more high school (laughs) with you, Sean. You were in the chopper last week, and Zach was on the phone, and I was remote. So we're going to try that (laughs) again. Um, You know, he had the big story yesterday because he also covers vcu mm-hmm. on the waiver request denial by the nca on joe bamisil i think i went on and on and on and on <laughs> about that so i'm not sure we need to bring it back up today we'll see where that conversation goes but i will probably allow the two of you as you have done so well before to uh, detail a lot of the high school games. you're got, on your way to one tonight i'm aren't on you? my way to freeman the chopper is going to be <laughs> flying in in a few minutes and we'll head over to the west end to see them play collegiate <laughs> and i got a feeling uh 
Zach and I will be at the same location Friday night to see Dinwiddie and Maury. Maury is his alma mater. Oh. oh. So he'll see Maury against uh, Dinwiddie. That's going to be a, a very entertaining, I think, matchup. One of the Another huge 757-804 matchup at Dinwiddie. First home game for the Generals this year. Go 804. All right, Zach at 4.30, and then back to UVA talk at 5.30, Jerry Ratcliffe, jerryratcliffe.com. The Hootie. The Hootie. The Hall of Fame Hootie. Yes, yes. He'll join us at 5.30, and we'll uh, get his perspective on what happened in Charlottesville, the delay, how much that may have hurt Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it turned out not to be a storybook finish when it looked like it was going to. It was set up for it, yep. It was set up for it, right? Um, and we'll preview uh, Virginia's game coming up this week as well. So uh, both both Virginia and Virginia Tech uh, going Big Ten. Yeah, week. Tech goes to Rutgers, Rutgers. Uh, yeah. Saturday. Yep. Yep. All right. So those are our guests today. Zach's coming up at 430 and Jerry at 530. 804-327-0888 if you'd like to dial us up. It's also our text line, 327-0888. More of that kind of talk coming up after the break. 1061 ESPN. The Braves have officially clinched a sixth straight NL East crown. Up next, the postseason. And we will have it here on your home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Yeah, 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 Sean. We've run the commercials, the promos, <laughs> endlessly since that third out was made last night in oh, Philadelphia, yeah. of all places. Yeah. Yeah, my my kid texts me, my Braves kid. Well, they both are, but the the son, Will. Yeah, <laughs> what a great place to clinch. Oh, <laughs> sure. You think that's really funny, wow. don't you? What a jab there, my Will. You think? <laughs> what a great place to clinch. <laughs> I think that it was something along those. It was very close to wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Can you believe that? Mm, right to the gut. How'd it go A last October for you, son? Oh. Huh? <laughs> I mean, Phillies oh, did yeah. get the last. Even- no better place to do it. Mm. I responded, now that hurts. <laughs> Surprised you didn't say what happened last October. Well, I'm getting to that. It's coming. It's coming. Because y'all clinched. Y'all won, the, won that series in Philly. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that might have been my epiphany that you were talking about. I said uh, when, the, when, the, when the brackets came out with the Phillies and Braves, I said, Game one's going to be important. I said, if you win game one. Maybe. Right. I'm going to believe you this year. Remember, I didn't really believe you last <laughs> you didn't give year. Me, you didn't give me hope. And it worked out okay. Yeah. And they did they win They got the split one. in Atlanta. Then you took the yeah. next two in Philly. And it was like, on to the NLCS. They would need to do that this time around, if it comes to that. Now, look, I'm not, I'm going to be a typical Philly guy now who's <laughs> negative and worries about everything. I'm not, They're not in yet. I mean, they're not playing great again. This team is so frustrating to me. They still have a three-and-a-half game lead. To just get in okay. to the postseason. Okay. They have a game and a half lead on the Cubs to be the host team. Okay. Um there's there's actually a little bit of a part of me that says finishing sixth, as it would turn out, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because then you'd get Milwaukee in the wild card. You'd have to go on the road. You'd have right. to play at Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Philly's already proven they can win on the road mm-hmm. in the wild card. They did it last year. Mm-hmm. Then you would get the Dodgers instead of the Braves. And they're great too. But I think I'd rather be playing the Dodgers Man, than the, the Braves. Do- yeah. I know you got to go cross country and all that but travel. But the Dodgers struggled in the in the in the, uh, yeah. in the post. Remember, San Diego took care of them. I don't really the want division. that to happen, but I, it wouldn't be the worst path. 
in the world either. Man, I'd rather tough. get the home games for the wild yeah. card and then take my chances with Atlanta. Would knowing you rather play the Dodgers it, or the it, Braves in the, in the divisional <sighs> round? That's tough. That is tough. And I think travel becomes a factor in that a little bit. Now, both teams have to travel. I get it. But I would, I would probably say I would, I would say I would want to face Atlanta for this simple reason. There's no secrets between them. You've played, was it 17, 18 games this season against Atlanta? It's not quite as many. Oh, it's not as many? No, not, because of the balanced schedule. Oh, I was they don't play them as many. It's close to that still, I guess. Okay. Well, you played but a bunch. It's not what it used to be. You played a bunch yeah. more against Atlanta than you did the Dodgers. So there, there are no secrets with Atlanta. And obviously, the confidence going in. Hey, last year we were in the same spot. We beat them. We took three or four. And we know we can beat them when it counts. In October, we show we can beat these guys. Um, so, I mean... If I mean, yeah, and you're probably saying, "Well, oh my God, it's Atlanta." Yeah, we talked about Atlanta last year, how great they were. And I know they had, they weren't fully healthy, as I recall last year, as as they are this year. They're they should be fully healthy. You know, hopefully, no injuries happen at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I think, given the fact that you've seen Atlanta a lot this year, you've beaten them in the in the wild card round a year ago. Most of the team is 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 back. I would say in that instance, I would want to play Atlanta than the Dodgers. Because, again, Atlanta, you're probably going to be the prohibited favorite to win. So all of the pressure is on Atlanta. Agreed. If you're Philly, you're playing with house money. And like I said last year, if you win that first game, it's like, okay, it's icing on, it's icing on the cake. So I, w- I would probably say I would rather face Atlanta than the Dodgers. Okay. I-, I wouldn't disagree with that, although I just watched Atlanta for the last four games when they won three out of four from the Phils. Yeah. And it felt worse than it was. They split a doubleheader on Monday. Yeah. Each team won by two runs. Yep. On Tuesday, they went extra innings, and Atlanta won by one run. And that was a crazy – I was crazy listening fi- to that game. That was right. a crazy, crazy finish, finish with Bryce Harper. Yeah, it's the two-out, <laughs> two-run homer. Yes. That can happen at any time. Yes. I, I know. And then last night, Strider got the better of him, beat good. him 4-1. to one. He looked good. So, but they were competitive. Yeah, all And they all play four three games. more in Atlanta right. next week. I fully expect it won't be the Braves team that will play in October. Probably. But they'll have Braves uniforms yes. on. So. Yes. All right. But yeah, uh, it made me feel a little better. That's that's my guy. I mean, either either team is going to be formidable in the postseason. I just feel the familiarity of facing the Braves so much this season gives them maybe a little more confidence that we can we can we can compete. Like you said, this last series, and we'll see how they play. You know, in the, you know later on. But those four games in Philly, even though we lost three or four, easily could have gone three or four yep. the other way Agreed. with Philly. So maybe that gives them some some more belief that we can we can get them again. But, I mean, Atlanta looking – I mean, they look better this year than they did last Absolutely. year. Last year was really good, but you got everybody healthy this year. If, if, they, if they continue that role, watch out. This could be their best team in this whole run that they've been on. I know they oh, want a six-year wor- I, I oh, no, know but, they want a World Series yeah. in this run, but I still think this team. But remember, I think that World Series they missed some key guys. Yeah, top it, to bottom, this team is very really, few holes. It's hard to find who to pitch to and that sort of thing. And if they're pitching coming to get that's, and I think that's going to be uh, Snickers thing probably as we get into October. Let me get my set three or four man rotation for the postseason. Oh, I mean, for sure. No, know, that's the advantage you get now is yeah. you can set it up exactly how you want it to go. And, I think, and you're going to get a few days off before you got to do anything. And also really not having that 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 cloud of, is Soroka ready? Is he not ready? No, we know he's, he's done. He's yep. done for the year. So he can really get it set 
get that that bullpen set up, mm-hmm. he could be in a really good spot uh, going into the postseason. I mean, they've still got Strider yeah. and Charlie Morton and Max Freed. Mm-hmm. It's about all you need in a short series, Probably, right yeah. there. So they're they're in great shape. All right, uh, break time. We'll talk some high school football. Zach Joaquin from Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com, joins us next on the Sports Huddle. As the Braves roll toward the 2023 postseason, there is one goal in mind, a World Series title. They still have plenty of obstacles to clear before that, and you can hear all the action here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 106.1 ESPN, Richmond. Welcome back. Bob Black, Sean Robertson from CBS 6 Sports Huddle. About 4.32 on a Thursday afternoon, and we will be here tomorrow. We'll wrap it up, get you into the weekend. Spiders have a home game, so no travel for yours truly. You can watch that one. Of course, you can listen to it on 1061 ESPN. You can watch it on Flow Sports. Got to have that subscription. No TV, no regional TV this week. But Sean Robertson's on the sideline for us Saturday for Spiders and Delaware State. Chris Anderson finally makes his <laughs> first appearance in the booth of the year. Busy guy and always had scheduling conflicts. So he'll be back this week. He's fired up to be back as well. And uh, the Spiders will be fired up to get a win. Need one. Need yep. one. All right, let's talk some high school football. Uh, Zach Joaquin from the Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com, joins us on a Thursday, a game night. Here in the Central Virginia area, right, Sean Robertson? That's right. We got uh, several games in the in the West. I was about to say in the East End, but in the West, West End, end. yeah. St. Chris is home uh, tonight against Lake Taylor. Night game on the Saints campus and Collegian, another private versus public school matchup. Collegian making the short trip to Douglas Freeman to play the Mavericks tonight at seven o'clock. Zach, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. We love those VISAA VHSL uh, matchups. Uh, it helps us get a handle on the area and uh, maybe quiets down the uh, the barking in our ears that we've never got the VISAA uh, teams ranked high enough, but they get to play it out on the field. Oh yes, where are you going to be at tonight? I'm not going to be out tonight, Melanie. Uh, my uh, my colleague Melanie Martinez is covering that. Um, that St. Chris game, which is a really interesting matchup with Lake Taylor, and as you said, some cool narratives. Um, around St. Chris at Knowles Field, being able to be under the lights for years. They've played you know, lots of games on Saturday afternoons. I know that program is excited to, to have the new lights and, and be under them and be playing a really strong Class 3 program that I know well from, from my neck of the woods. I went to Maury High School down there in Norfolk, and when I was at Maury, Lake Taylor was really running that area. So that's a really strong program and a, and a stiff test for them. I'm going to be at Manchester Midlow tomorrow, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit here. I'm really excited for that one. And Weldon Bradshaw is covering a collegiate at Freeman tonight for us, which should be really fun. Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to the pit tomorrow night to see your alma mater play <laughs> on the field? <laughs> that, that should be a really fun one out in Dinwiddie. I try and remove myself from the Maury coverage. Except wow. for, I, mean, I covered the state title game against Highland Springs last year. But, I, man, Manchester Midlow was the game of the year last year. And obviously trying to focus on, on two local teams. But uh, yeah. you're absolutely right that I wanted to get out there and, and see my Commodores. That's going to be a good one. Coach Gross trying to go to 4-0 and mm-hmm. with uh, with Midlow against Tom Hall, who uh, got a bounce-back win against Powhatan last Friday after the uh, that, that, that heartbreaker 
against Highland Springs in their season opener. Was really impressed with Manchester against Highland Springs, though, right? I think yep. everyone came away from that game. I mean, look, I mean, look, it was obviously an early season game. There were mistakes on both sides of the ball that that Lauren Johnson and Tom Hall were mutually not happy with. But from an objective, uh, from a neutral perspective, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I think Manchester absolutely proved to me and, and to a lot of people that they can play with the best teams in the state. And so, like you said, getting uh, getting in the win column last week with a win over an always strong, disciplined, well-coached Powhatan program and now having to go to a great environment at Poach Stadium with an undefeated Midlow team. This is a big test, but but I think that judging by how that game went last year, I hope we get anything close to that. That was the 31-30 double overtime yeah. game. Um, I, I hope we get to replicate that tomorrow night. It should be a lot of fun. So go back to tonight then, Zach. I know it leads off your list as well. Uh, and all kidding aside, when we got the private and the public getting together out there at Freeman, a uh, really intriguing matchup here. And somebody's going to walk away with their first loss, mm-hmm. I guess, tonight, right? Excited to see what collegiate quarterback Jack Callahan um, can do. He's had a really strong start to the year through six touchdown passes a couple weeks ago and their win over Goochland. And this is a really strong Douglas Freeman defense with some tough guys up front and a really strong linebacking core uh, led by Jefferson Meade. Um, and so excited to see what a high-flying collegiate offense that got a big playmaker back in, in L.J. Booker, who was at Verina last year. Um, he's really been making some big plays for them early in the year, and Callahan's got options in that passing game. A few receivers here, Zay Davis, Peyton Dunn, Ben Street, who caught touchdown passes from him in these first couple of weeks against a really strong Freeman defense that's particularly hardened in the trenches. They played a really good mechanics fill ground game last year and helped, or last week and held them at just 73 yards. And so I think that's always the narrative is up front with these BISAA, BHSL matchups, right, Sean, is you want to see if, if the private school teams have the depth and the size up mm-hmm. front to play with the public school teams that a lot of the time lean on that in those matchups. And so that'll be a, a great test tonight and tell us a lot about how good collegiate can be under first-year coach Kyle McConaughey. No question. We've seen that more this year with those matchups and also the 757-804 matchups. A lot more of those matchups in the early portion of the season. Fans have been clamoring for these matchups in, in that aspect along with the private public school matchups. And this year, for whatever reason, I applaud the coaches for doing it. We're seeing a lot of those matchups, those cross uh, district matchups between the two, one of the two of the powerful regions in our state, the beach area and also here in the, in the central region. And it takes some confidence in your kids and your program to go on those road trips, right? I mean, Highland Springs put it on the line going to Maury last week in a rematch of the state title um, last year in in Class 5. And Lake Taylor was up against Hopewell last week, a game that Hopewell ended up winning 42-25. But from from everyone who was around that game told me it was closer than that, and Hopewell kind of ran away with it in the fourth quarter there. Led by Keyshawn Henderson, by the way, which is the name that I know. You guys know younger brother of Travion Henderson. He's had a really strong start to the year out there for Hopewell, and they broke into our rankings this week. I'm excited to see uh, what they can do. But for St. Chris, it, it's a fantastic litmus test, right, being able to play a, a strong Lake Taylor program who's competed for state titles in Class 3 over the years. And it's a St. Chris team that, to your point, Sean, already got a win at Lafayette earlier this year. I mean, it seems like the BISAA teams are really making a point of trying to schedule some tough games against public schools to, to prove that they belong in that hierarchy. And as a, a, a Norfolk native who went to Maury and then <laughs> to VCU and has lived in Richmond for almost a decade now, man, I love the 757-804 matchups. And when yeah. you talk to kids in, who play in both of those regions, I did an interview with, with Stats Phillips at VCU a few weeks ago, and he was talking about being excited for the Norfolk State matchup mm. between, uh, between VCU 
um, and Norfolk State men's basketball this year, and he has a former high school teammate from Brian who's playing on that Norfolk State team. So that extends to the college level, too. I think that young athletes in the area, they, they love always talking about going forth with 757 and 804, and so I think those matchups get them excited. And so it'll be a really fun one with Maury coming to, to Dinwiddie and one of the best uh, high school football atmospheres throughout the state tomorrow. All right, let's uh, zero back in on some of the local games in area, and I'm looking down through your list, and you guys alluded to, I don't know if we really detailed the Godwin-Hanover matchup. Again, both teams undefeated. I think, Zach, you called them in your in your column one of the upstarts in the area this year, Earl Kinney's uh, oh, yeah. Godwin-Eagles, yeah. right? I think they're kind of the people's champ of, of <laughs> a little bit this year. I mean, Earl Kinney was a, a longtime local assistant, but I think that the – the coaching fraternity and the, the athletic community around Richmond have a ton of respect for, and so everyone's excited to see him having success early on in his first head coaching stint. And, man, Sam Rogers has, mm. has built a strong program culture over at Hanover. They lost some primary playmakers from last year, but they don't seem to have skipped a beat. Really excited to see what this new quarterback, Nolan Chris, can do. Uh, they have a receiver and defensive back, Malachi Madden, who was our 804 varsity player of the week a couple of weeks ago. He's had a really strong year. Peyton Seelman uh, is their primary rusher out of the backfield and plays some linebacker as well. And that's two undefeated teams, right? I think that's two teams that have been on the periphery of our top ten and have both received some votes in recent weeks. So it's kind of a prove-it game for both of them in their toughest test of the year so far. And I think people have enjoyed rooting for Godwin and will continue to enjoy rooting for Godwin from a neutral perspective because of the narrative around Earl Kenny and him getting his first uh, head coaching job here. And they got a great win at PH a couple of, couple of weeks ago here with a block kick, um, a blocked extra point in overtime that won them that game. And so they've just kind of had that, you know, winning games in an exciting fashion so far this year, too. It's an, it's an easy team for people to root for and for neutrals to grab onto. Um, and with the culture that Coach Rogers has built over at Hanover, that one's going to be really fun tomorrow night. I, uh, I root for Godwin, and I'm not neutral because both my kids went to Godwin. Say. So years ago now, but you know, still proud of that. So I would root for Godwin. But I got to ask you, Zach. We don't normally pick winners and losers in this segment with you and Sean, and I know you and Melanie do in your column. And I'm looking at it online at the moment, okay, on Richmond.com, and Melanie has Hanover 24-21. I know this is a typo. Zach has 21-20. No team name. No team no name. Team name. Whoa, he, Zach says the score is going to be 21-20, but he's leaving us hanging in the balance. Who's going to win? I was looking at that myself, too, and wondering what happened there yesterday. I think something may have got cut out in the front process of putting that one in the paper. I have Godwin, for the record. All right. Ooh, See, I didn't even know really? that. That was not a setup because I wanted him to pick Godwin, of course. But I was not, and I'm just wow. teasing you guys. Obviously, that was a typo error. That was a glitch in the system. For sure. But you couldn't have been wrong that way, Zach. Oh, what God you should have, that was. If, if I hadn't asked you, you could have waited till Saturday and just whoever won, you could have that's what's supposed to be in there. So all right. So you got Godwin going. That's an there. interesting one. All right. That's good, an good game there. Good good matchup. Well Rogers is saying, you know, bringing that winning culture back from when he was a player under coach Josh yeah. Josh. They just lose guys and they just plug in some some additional pieces and seem like they don't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. Um you mentioned the Manchester Midlothian game. That's the game that you're going to be going to. And, of course, we remember the the great play by Makai Byerson at the end of a double overtime, the swatting the ball away like his dad Brad did when he played on the hardwood when he was at uh, Virginia Union. What do you what are, What is going to be one matchup that you're going to pay a lot of attention to in that game tomorrow night? 
I want to see mid-low quarterback Chase Chambers and, and receiver Drew Kleski and what they can do against the Manchester secondary. Um, it's a really talented Manchester secondary led by Jaden Planton. And I believe there's top receiver Kyrie Richardson plays yep. both ways a little bit too. And so if they can limit Chambers and Kleski through that passing game, I, I would think that maybe Midlow will have a hard time keeping up with a really explosive Manchester attack. I, Sean, I know you've been – we've talked about this on the sidelines. We're both incredibly impressed with, with sophomore quarterback Landon Abernathy. No question. No um, question. At Manchester, man, for, for such a young kid, he's got poise and accuracy in the pocket beyond his years. And so I think Manchester's going to be able to score points. And so my question would be, can that mid-low passing game get going a little bit to keep up with them? And on the other side of the ball, Corey Holland and Devin Bryant, that two-headed backfield mm-hmm. monster for Manchester, has had a lot of success early on in the year. I believe they combined for six touchdowns last week in, in that win over Powhatan. And Kenny Walls is a, is a tackle up front for them. was all Metro for us last year. And, and Tom Hall, obviously, with that being his position from his own playing days at Tech, he's always coached them up so well on the O-line. And so I think Manchester is going to start by trying to control the game on the ground. And if Midlow can make them kind of lean on Abernathy and, and try and stretch the field in the passing game, then they should have a chance. But Chambers and, and that Midlow passing game in turn are going to have to keep going. So I think we should be we should be seeing plenty of points on the scoreboard in that one. It's going to be an interesting matchup at Poach, uh, Poach Field with, between those two and see if Manchester can continue that momentum. Or will Midlothian make some more believers in this region? You know, this will be a high-quality win for Midlow with uh, with Coach Gross in that, you know, that will certainly open some eyes if they can get a victory at home against the Lancers. <laughs> you guys got one other game? Got a couple minutes here that uh, maybe we are a little bit under I'm the radar. I'm still surprised he's not going to be at the deal. <laughs> I, really, I thought we were going to be on the sidelines talking about this game, but I'm, I'm, I'm very interested about your thoughts. You got Dinwiddie coming off two big wins against North Stafford and GW Danville after their loss to Glenville of Ohio against the Maury team. You know, got to be riding high. They knocked off Holland Springs at home. They get another defending state champ on the road. We're going to know a lot more about these two teams tomorrow night at Dinwiddie. I'm admittedly, I'm just scared of the cannon, Sean. It gets me every time that they score. And so I, I, was, I was trying to give it a little bit into the season. So I, I'm planning to come out to Dinwiddie soon. I believe they have Hopewell next week. And Thomas Dale the week after that. That's an awesome Central District matchup, and I'm, I'm planning to come out there and see that because I want to see Henderson and what that Hopewell team looks like, too. Um, it starts with the running game for Dinwiddie, right? Yep. Over the, when in so much success over the last couple of years, it's, it's Harry Dalton who's got all the offers in the world right now. He's this, this reigning co-all Metro player of the year for us. I believe Alabama expressed interest in him, and he was meeting with Nick Saban over the offseason. So he got an offer with them. Exciting, yep. yep, college prospect there. And then Raphael Tucker, they've, they've got a – Another guy out of the backfield um, who's a really strong rusher, and so it's kind of a two-headed monster for them. And I think they'll try and control the game that way. And from what I saw of Maury last year in that state championship game against Highland Springs, I haven't seen them yet this year. But a, a lot of screens, quick passing game, getting the ball out quick. And it's a Dinwiddie secondary that lost some primary playmakers mm-hmm. from last year, namely Quentin Mankin, um, who was a really good all-metro honoree for us in the, and led that secondary last year. And so I would think that that's the contrast you're going to see. You're going to see a Dinwiddie team that wants to control the game on the ground and get Dalton and Tucker going, whereas on the other side of the ball, you're going to see a Maury team that wants to get the ball out quick and stretch the field a little bit in the passing game. And so that would be the big test for Dinwiddie, I think, is can that secondary hold up uh, against a really well-schemed Maury passing game. And one note real quick, Bob. Watch out for Harry Dalton III, young man. He was talking about Alabama has offered him. He's also playing both ways. Look for him in the secondary tomorrow night at strong safety. That's something to keep an eye on. How many plays will he run? 
Uh, will it be more of Tucker running the ball as opposed to Dalton running it more? And how will that play a role in him playing in the secondary tomorrow night against Moore, who's going to, like Zach said, play throw a lot of those screens, try to bait the corners up, try to throw it over the top. And I think a couple of times they did that last Friday as well. Hmm. Awesome slate of games. Good, good matchup. Yeah, no, I thought, really thought, like the matchups. thought when I first looked at it, I was like, mm, that may not be a good no. one, other than that Dinwiddie Moore one. But that Manchester Midlow could be very interesting. The two tonight, St. Chris Lake Taylor mm-hmm. uh, and Collegiate and St. and uh, Mills, uh, I was going to say Mills Godwin, Douglas Freeman, and then the Mills Godwin Hanover game. So we got some good ones around the area this weekend. Well, you guys have hyped them up anyway to make them I good think games. So. so we'll see how they play. Oh, and I forgot one other note the Huguenot game. We do have a Saturday afternoon game. Huguenot is playing at home on Saturday, and I'm trying to remember who they face on Saturday, but I, they, I do know they will host the game Saturday at, at 1. Do you know who they play, remember, off the top, Zach? I'm looking that up right now. They are really intriguing, though. Um, I've heard people refer to them as the Colorado uh, of our area. <laughs> oh, <obviously>. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Colorado. The chip on their the, shoulder, the yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. um, Prime time's coming to town. Roster. Right, yeah. uh, they. I believe they play um, the formerly George Wiss, the Richmond City. That's School of the right, Arts uh, Richmond High School for the Yards, formerly George Wiss. That's yeah. right. One o'clock kick right before Richmond and Delaware State there at three thirty. There you go, yeah. Zach. Thanks as always. Great job. A lot of fun, particularly to listen to you and Sean crisscross on all this. So enjoy your time out of the games this weekend. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. I always enjoy coming on. Appreciate the conversation. We'll see you on the sidelines. Okay? All right, keep me posted with that Manchester Midlow game, Zach. We'll do a likewise with Maureen Dinwiddie. All right. You guys got the connection going here. Thank I'm, you, I'm stunned. When he said he was going to Manchester, I'm like, wait a minute, Maury. I'm thinking Maury. But yeah. no, that's that'll be uh that's that's gonna be a good one because the last two years, those two have had really two thrilling games. Midlow had broken a long streak against Manchester two years ago, and then the double overtime thriller at Manchester that the Lancers won. That was a really, really good matchup. And that play by Byerson, I can still look at it. Um, him making that play, knocking that ball away, just like I said, like a like a shot blocker in basketball, and they stormed the field to win that game, mm-hmm. like Midlow did the year before. So that's that's going to be a pretty good atmosphere yeah. uh, for that matchup tomorrow night at Midlow. Good stuff. Weather's supposed to be great all yes. weekend long too. Yes. So, so go get them, boys. Go go get them. All right. Already four fifty. Let's get the break in. Come back on the other side. We'll talk you up to five o'clock. ESPN Sports Center update coming at five. Feel good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle continues on one zero six one ESPN. He delivers his own take on sports. And maybe if you're lucky, a pepperoni pizza and garlic sticks. But I wouldn't count on it. He's cheap. Matt Josephs is live. Weekday afternoons beginning at 3 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Want to hit a home run? Well, since Zach brought it up, you're buying in on all this prime time hype and success. I'm going to tell you what. I thought I thought what six or seven wins, you know, bold they were going to be oh, bold yeah, eligible. Oh yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I mean they beat Colorado State. They're halfway there, and I know they're going to they're going to steal another one against a top twenty-five. I won't even call it a steal now, but they're going to get another a ranked team this year because I think they have four more scheduled: mm-hmm. uh, Oregon, USC, Oregon State, and I think there's one more. They're going to get one of those three. And I'm I'm really circling that USC game because they come to Boulder, and USC has, at times, trouble winning games on the road in conference as a top ten ranked team. That's a prime opportunity. No pun intended. That's a prime <laughs> opportunity. 
You like you, I saw you, Lewis. I, I wasn't, but it, it is. It's a prime opportunity for cat for Colorado to get the to get the Trojans that night. You buying in, Lewis? You buying in on prime time? I'm absolutely buying in on it, man. He's doing a phenomenal job and meeting expectations for sure. Meet, yeah, he's beyond meeting expectations. And, and what is right. Coach Norvell doing at Colorado State? Don't poke the bear. He called him out, didn't he? He called him out he, for being what impolite or something. He or? said, "I." T- he said, "When I talk to my pa- when I talk to adults, I take off my hat and oh. my glasses." My mama taught me that. Oh. You don't do that, Coach. You made it personal. Look at the Twitter. Uh, yeah, Twitter that's what feed. Dion said, right? You made he it said, personal. He said, "I'm just, I'm just minding my business. I was going to be polite and kind." But you just made it personal. <laughs> it could get ugly and Boulder Saturday night. ESPN's Pac-12 loving this. ESPN dark. is loving this, man. I'll tell you I what. I mean, both of them, them and Fox, because they, yeah, they're, right, they're riding right. the train. And, and but they got game day there this yeah. week, right? So they're, they're loving it. But at Fox, had, I think the first two weeks, they had their Fox crew was there. at TCU yeah. and at Colorado when yep. they played Nebraska. So yep. he's riding the train. He's <laughs> driving it. <laughs> Hour two of the Sports Center coming up after the ESPN Sports Center updated five. My brother-in-law died suddenly. 